May 23rd, 1999. Mad About You aired its final episode, giving Helen Hunt time to win an Oscar and Paul Reiser time to plan for the Mad About You reboot. My Own Worst Enemy by Lit was all over the radio, leading to an epidemic of cars in the front yard across America. The world lived in the sweet spot where Star Wars Episode One was the biggest thing on the planet, but we didn't realize it wasn't good yet. Meanwhile, in Kansas City, Missouri, tragedy struck it over the edge. There's two things on the menu, a slap in the mouth, or this is hell in a cell phone. I went to the uh, the midnight screening of Star Wars Episode One, which always seemed weird to me because there were people out in California who had been like waiting on sidewalks for months. And my mom and I just went up to the ticket booth and bought a ticket for the midnight screening and saw it three hours before them because of the time difference. Then I went into school the next day, and I was, like, so excited because I had went to the midnight screening of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace until one of my friends asked me how it was, and I realized I was not prepared to answer that question. Hmm. Well, so uh, where did you see – where did you see it? Um, it would be the Bowie Movie Theater, just the movie theater in Bowie, Maryland. Uh, in Maryland? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I was gonna, I was gonna say like probably that's a factor of like where you were living in Maryland, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, you can just walk. Like, um, we've got this like limited release, and we'll just walk right up to the theater and and buy it. We bought our tickets. Like, we bought our tickets in advance, but it wasn't like it wasn't the deal that people were making it out to be. I think that that there was just a whole bunch of people who wanted to spend their time thinking about Star Wars in a line together. Do you guys miss going to movie theaters enough that you would go see a movie if it was safe, if it was Star Wars Episode One? Oh. Like, how badly do you miss that communal experience if they're like, we have pioneer technology to make a movie theater completely virus-free, like, no masks, just like the old days. But the catches, they only show Star Wars Episode One. I, yeah, like the only the only movie that they that they were able to decontaminate properly was Star Wars Episode One. I yeah. mean, if I could if I could go with you dummies, obviously, and just like talk shit through all of like the the diplomatic meetings and the the points of orders. Yeah, I guess if it's like a cat's like experience. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of of rediscovering a love of edibles, uh, yeah, that would be a much more. I guess then it'd be worth it. I still haven't watched. Yeah, I, I still haven't watched Cats because I'm waiting for a time where we can all be safely together to watch Cats. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. I I feel like if it if a movie theater was showing like episode one, people would just like that would be like the the uh, the excuse that people would have to just be like, okay, well, we're just gonna hang out in a movie. Like they figured out a way to get this big space fine for us, so we'll, let's just use this and like. You can, if you can play the movie on like really low, like what they do for um for like small children, uh like it's like the before matinees, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The mothers mothers and kids. Uh if you can play at that level with the lights on and we can just hang out, then sure. Play go ahead. You know what? Play do the out the outtakes also. 
I'm trying to think of what kind of technology we would need to like enforce sincerity or non-ironic viewing. <laughs> Have we reached uh, <laughs> the technology? Have we breached that state to be able to enforce that? Kind of like a clockwork orange, but less mechanical and more in your heart. I I think it's uh, the Alamo Draft House. I think that they've they've pioneered all of this technology of being super serious about movies. Except every time I'm in the Alamo Draft or was in the Alamo Draft House, there's always somebody talking and they don't do shit about it. Oh, I know. I I was sitting next to somebody during the Joker who was like, "What is this guy doing?" And I was like, "Come on!" Well, they, that actually sounds they, like a better viewing experience of the Joker. It's true. What is this nut up to? Hey, you some kind of joker there, pal. Hey, hey, that's not funny. I thought he told jokes. Um, also ending television shows ending the same around the same week of this uh this episode. The Wayne's Brothers, Millennium, Homicide Life on the Street, Sister Sister, Melrose Place, Home Improvement and Star Trek Deep Space 9. Wow, a lot in there. It's impossible. Yeah, it's a po- it's impossible to to say like when Sister Sister ended because isn't it like always it was like it was in syndication like immediately so I like there's just like whole whole decades of life that I remember Sister Sister being on at like Saturday at three p.m. All those shows ending I think like this is must be what the kids call a cultural reset like it literally is. <laughs> <laughs> a cultural reset. They're like, ooh, forget it. Mad about you. We can't. We don't. We don't got space for you in the new millennium. We can't have mad about you anymore. <laughs> it's the year My 2000. dad watched Millennium. He was really into it. I mean, guys, I don't know if, if I'm slowly just like um, trying to go back to the this period in time, but I've also restarted Degrassi from the beginning. Not the beginning. I'm sorry. The Degrassi, the next generation from the beginning. So specifically, the series that starts right around this 1998, 1999 time. Uh, mm. And man, it is just like to see. It's just so funny to see like the kids doing the same thing that's happening in wrestling, like wearing the same belly shirts and whatever. You know what I mean? It's wild. But I'm going deeper into my uh, 90s nostalgia um, hole with this. Well, Bobby, if you're ready for a 90s nostalgia hole, this is May. So you know what concert Aaron was going to this month. Okay. Give us the lineup. What was it called? Right. It's not like is, is it called like uh, it was like it's not Jingle Ball. HF Festival. You okay. got it. The HF, HF Festival. The HF Festival this year from PSI Net Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland, whatever that's known as now, wherever the Ravens play. Um, whatever bank also, that's called. It's, it's, I'm sure it's like the Liberty Mutual uh, <laughs> Savings Account dot com uh, backslash promo at Instagram. <laughs> arena the, yeah the goldman sachs uh marcus <laughs> fund <laughs> arena um on the streets stage a couple of uh of notables buck cherry was there oh as a motley it was buck cherry it was buck uh, no the, eagle eye cherry was the one who said save, save tonight, tonight. That's buck cherry one. loved the cocaine they loved the cocaine Buck Cherry did that song for the know. for the movies. I think was the big one, right? Wasn't that something like something something movies? No, was no, the big movies single. was no movies was Alien Ant Farm. What was the Buck Cherry song? Buck That's Cherry was crazy. I'm on a plane with cocaine and I'm all lit up again. Oh, I remember the all lit up again. I didn't know they said cocaine. Mm-hmm. They go yeah. I I used to listen to the the um, the censored version. The song went, I love the cocaine, I love the cocaine. 
Crazy Bitch was their biggest crossover hit to date. And their first Billboard 100 top 10 was Sorry. Sorry, I think, is the song I'm thinking of. I don't know that one. That was the biggest... I mean, that's so, it was their number one single. So the fact you don't know I that mean, one, but you know the other ones. <laughs> well, I mean, I had a t-shirt, so... Oh, of course. You had to get the full catalog. Yeah, and, exactly. And hey, um, associated... One of the associated acts with uh, Buck Cherry is... I don't know if it's Wifi's Funeral or Wi-Fi's Funeral. Huh, interesting. Uh, and Fountains of Wayne was also on the street stage there, R.I.P., then on the main stage, started off with local boys, Jimmy's Chicken Shack. Did they make it up here? Jimmy's uh, yeah. Chicken Shack. Yeah, I heard of them. Do Right was their like crossover single. Wait, I think I do know that song. Boy, a boy, do I have a Spotify playlist waiting for me after this today, <laughs> you guys? If you need me, I'll just be putting on my Dep gel and belly chain uh, the rest of the afternoon. And uh, we can add to that the aforementioned lit Blink-182. I, I still like that lit song. I don't care. <laughs> if that song comes on at a party, assuming there's ever parties again, uh, I'm, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. And that song still slaps. But They actually, they're going to play it at the movie theater where they're showing Star Wars Episode <laughs> One. This is sounding like, honestly, a pretty good business model the more we go into it. But it's also, <laughs> like, um, it's the worst version of Inside Out by Eve Six, right? Ooh. Yeah. That's also a good one. Though. Wait. I love all these songs. Wait, the worst version of Inside yes. Out? What do you mean? I mean, Inside Out is the the better version of that song. Oh, wait. Okay. Oh, wait, who did the verse, worst version of Inside Out? Eve 6 or Lit? I'm, I'm confused. I'm saying they're both that same kind of generic, modern rock, somewhat edgy lyrics song. But, but the Eve 6 version, the Eve 6 song is, is the better song. I never really liked Eve 6 that much. Oh, I definitely I did. I, well, I mean, I didn't know anything by either one of these bands other than those two songs. So what you're saying is you never had T-shirts for either I did of these not. bands. I was not. Yeah. So I could that not was be when, uh, a poser. That was when Aaron just got into trains for a little while. Well, this is a part in popular culture music right around now when I'm coming into my sexual awakening. Uh, and I do feel like, uh, or, you know, not the awakening, the way things happening, but the activity, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Let's take this over. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> the, but what I'm saying is this kind of music, this this that the sort of like alternative mm-hmm. uh, wave was good for me because before that, all the rock bands, everybody had long hair. And as we know, not my thing. So then came all these like hot skater boys and ball chain necklaces. And let's just say I listened to all of them. So we also had Blink-182 that I did have a t-shirt of. Uh, Silverchair. The Mighty Mighty Boss Oh, yeah. Silverchair was an Australian brand. Yeah. Band. Uh, Orgy. I like Sugar Orgy. Sugar Ray. I'm sorry. I need to, to go through these slower to let you guys, give you guys time. There's, I, I truly could react to every single one of these bands. You're like, you're like, I, I just feel like this is very, this is like a very deep part inside of me where I was like, oh, I was very plugged into this wave. I guess this is a two-parter, huh? 
Welcome to the second episode. Uh, we're, let's go. Let's finish going through the back half of the second stage. I haven't this even welcomed. A... I haven't even welcomed everyone to hell in a cell phone yet. Well, that's because this is um, uh, hell in a band shell, band shell in a cell, band shell in a cell. There we go. There uh, HFS in a cell phone. Eh, we'll see. Uh, live. Yep. The Goo Goo Dolls. Moby. The Offspring, and then headlining the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think it's very funny. Could you imagine the person who has to go on after Moby? Like he just plays a whole set that essentially like makes everybody like kind of fall asleep a little bit, <laughs> and then you just be like, "All right, Moby, <laughs> who's ready?" They had a they had a thing called the Transmissions Tent, which was their like EDM like Saturday late night show. And so Moby headlined that, but then they brought him to the main stage to just kind of like do a thing quickly before the offspring. So it was it, it was like more like, hey Moby, make us all dance, then hey Moby, like bring us all down. Let Eric Goodbye, Moby. let Eric do his homework. <laughs> I also was in a mosh pit during the offspring and got gut checked in the stomach and threw up immediately. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's the laugh I needed for this episode. Wow. Holy shit, that's hilarious! All right, that's, that's actually the funniest thing. <laughs> Should I get the episode started? Yes, please. Sure, we can't beat that. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE twenty years later. I am your host, Aaron Benoit, joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello, hello, and experiencing this all for the first time eric silver happy to be on the podcast where we talk about music uh for the hits of today and uh the 80s and the 90s okay yeah whatever uh and we took a little bit extra time on the intro because uh getting past the intro means that we have to spend time talking about once again the pay-per-view where owen hart died we're talking about over the edge 1999 but watching this pay-per-view, you would not know, other than the brief in-memoriam that they put at the beginning of the broadcast, that Owen Hart had anything to do or was anywhere near the building in Kansas City. Well, that and the yeah. um, d- distracting uh, bloodstain on the lower corner of the oh, mat that, that that haunted us for the entire episode, the entire pay-per-view. I mean, I, I want to... I, Maybe this is just me, but I want to be like, I don't know. I feel like compelled to, at the top to be like, it feels crass talking about this and it felt crass watching it. Not that I don't think we should, mm-hmm. but it does feel, it feels very weird. Yes. Uh, and I, we, I definitely want to make fun of a lot of the things I saw in this pay-per-view from, mm-hmm. especially the, the sanitized version that is on the network, which like mm-hmm. you said, excise, not only obviously the, the, the tragedy, but really most of the references to it or anything, uh, really associated with it as much i will uh, say I, w- I do need to say very quickly the blood stain at the bottom while being a grim reminder is not from the accident it's not are you it's it, it is definitely not was so that what, from the the holly snow match nope not even from that it is on the mat 
during the um, during the first match, which we'll get into soon enough. And so then I was like, well, wait a second. Did they rearrange the order? Did they take out all the matches before Owen fell? But that doesn't make no. sense at all. Um, what happened was the Hardy Boys fought against the Acolytes in the Sunday Night Heat. And then it ended with um, a brood bloodbath of the Hardys and Michael Hayes. And the blood that you're seeing down in the lower corner is that. So I like went back to the heat because I'm like doing my doing my homework, digging this up, investigating. Well, how did the blood stain get there before? So while it is kind of a grisly reminder, Weird. it's also like an accidental one at the same time. I, I wouldn't put it past WWE, though, to, like, digitally go back and just be like, the bloodstain was always there. Because that was the same. Sp- and now I'm feeling a little grim being like, but is that the same? Because that was the spot, right? I, th- I thought that so, was the spot. Because you notice, because I made a note in my um in my notes that after when the incident would have happened, the stairs are moved mm-hmm. the, to a corner they're not usually in. So that's why I was thinking that's the corner, I believe. Uh, where it went down. But now I feel like now we're just speculating. Now I don't know. I don't feel confident yeah. <laughs> uh, putting it together. I thought this, uh, I did it, but either way. Uh, yeah. It feels weird watching this. It, it, it's it's so, yeah, like I, I mean, I, I, I appreciate Bobby that there were things, you know, that you were able to find a lot of things to, you know, comment on because I like, I think mentally I wasn't there for this pay-per-view. I was just like, like as soon as I started watching the pay per view, it was just like um, the I don't know the water the well had been tainted, right? Because yeah. like I, I'm just watching it going, this thing shouldn't exist in the first place, and now and like it's funny because like in our in our deep dive we talked about you know well look you know who knows like the show must go on and yeah you know, we don't really believe that but like you know what I mean like there there's an argument to be made that well the show. You know, we made the call, the show goes on, whatever. But then, like, as you watch it, you're like, oh, my God. Like, all of, like, the way that everybody is literally just, like, doing these, like, like these performances. And there's, you know, they're trying to rile the crowd up. And, like, the, the crowd literally just watched a death. It's like if somebody, you know, if, if there was, like, a four-car pile up on the highway and then someone, like, just set up bleachers around it. And then you just had to watch it for the next two hours and just, like... Everyone just did a little dance. It's such a weird, like, ill-feeling thing to to have to sit through. Yeah, yeah, all of my, like, isn't that crazy notes are are about the first two matches because it's really hard to, in good conscience, criticize these guys who've just had a friend and co-worker die. Yeah, it feel, I think, like, even going back to the conversation that, you're saying, Eric, like we were about like going forward and what does it look like? Cause I think we were, there was some like uh, debate about like how many matches or when it was in the show. And I think the difference, you know, the, this happens uh, between the mixed tag and the hardcore match, but they don't find out that he is dead until right before the triple H match is when it would have happened. And I think that, uh-huh. I think that also changed when I was like watching it and like feeling it in real time changed how I felt about the decision to go forward. Honestly, it's like to be like, Oh, well, I, I almost understood it more coming from a place where if they didn't know he was going, people get injured. I don't know. I, I mean, like 
I still think in retrospect it was the wrong call, but I understand it uh, even more than, you know, the thing either dealing with an injury versus dealing with a with a death. I, I kind of wonder still, again, I'm, I'm never going to think the, the good thing about this. Uh, I, I wonder if like, you know, Vince like knew what it was and just was like, let's hold off on telling people for as long as we can. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would feel like probably not if he like fed it to JR that quickly without that much preparation. You know, if he had the ability to hold it, I imagine they'd want to to make it less crazy but i i don't know i i mean uh, that's the thing this thing is nuts i i don't know i i guess uh, i don't know i have a hard time seeing the the purposefully evil decision being made mm-hmm. as opposed to like the maybe the 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 to the still wrong decision being made yeah i mean look i, I you know is it purpose like is it purposely evil or is it just selfish you know, that's that, you know, I think it's just like, well, we need to protect our interests. And, you know, they look evil people. The thing about evil people is they don't think they're evil. Uh, they just think that they're like, you know, they're like, well, you know, the wrestlers will appreciate it because they're, they're, they won't be preoccupied as they're putting on this show. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so easy to come up with like, um, uh, you know, what's the explanations or, or you know, uh, your own justification for why you're doing what you do one might almost say that evil is that which man doesn't understand <laughs> is that what the undertaker That's said what the undertaker like starts <laughs> off this show saying honestly i was wondering about i was like okay taker's speech it i think it was better but that's probably because he like didn't he had to, a script to read off of like i'm hoping that the undertaker like had at least like I don't know, uh, a group of three people, like, you know, just to just to bounce the the first few drafts off of because it sounded, you know, a little bit less nonsensical. I don't know. And I mean, and it didn't hurt that he's like surrounded by these exploding balls of fire. Like the, the opening for this one here is is the same Undertaker word soup, but it looks fucking cool. And I feel like they use this footage forever. Like they will use like a, like what's funny is like this is Basically, it just felt like we were watching an entire B-roll shoot. Like, they just did the entire thing, and like it's just, like, pieces that they're going to put into other packages for till the end of time of The Undertaker. But this was, like, this was all of them back to back to back of him, like, rolling his eyes back in front of a giant flame. Yes. I, I was actually, I'd like, uh, there was a lot of me that really wanted to, like, be on the set when they're doing this, where he's just, they're like... He's just like, okay, so uh, you want me to just stand here, just just kind of look at you? Okay, okay. Should I do the eyes yet? Okay. <laughs> like, like, do we do we have the flames? Do we have uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. do we have him standing from the left? Uh, uh, okay, right profile. Uh, Mark, we're gonna have to wait. Uh, we're having a little bit of trouble rigging up the fire. You don't have to do the eyes just yet. Can uh, can someone get Mark a diet coke? <laughs> Mark, you're looking a little parched. Is it the lights? The lights are pretty hot. We know that. Okay, can we strike the lights until we're ready? And then I gotta say, the so that it cuts to the CGI Undertaker symbol that gets struck by lightning, goes up in flames, and then gets wrapped around by a snake. As far as the bad CGI that we've seen so far, this is the first one that borderlines on good. 
okay, hold on. Oh, First I said all, it was terrible. <laughs> this, this was literally, I was like, this sounds like a human canvas on Ink Master nobody wants. Like the way you describe it. You know what I mean? Like, listen, I want Undertaker symbol and I want a fire wrapped in a rattlesnake and I want it on my ribs. It's like, ah, no. <laughs> Photorealistic. It's like, no fucking way. It sounds like the worst human canvas. Sausage has to talk him down. It's like, okay, man, we could do some of these well today, but we're never going to get everything that you want in there. We gotta do it. But I, I really want it on my head. I'm not gonna move it from my head. It's gotta okay, be on the calf, like, man. What, but like, what about your calf? I was like, well, okay, I guess we could do the calf. Ugh. Yeah, that that was for like something that was one second long. It really packed a lot of content into that one second. <laughs> and we learn early on that Vince has taken on Midian during Sunday Night Heat in order to uh, save Austin, and his leg has been injured as a result of that. His ankle is probably broken. Probably broken, yes. Says says medical effort experts Briscoe and Patterson. Um, but the first match I thought was a hell of a lot of fun. So much fun. Um, we got X Pac and Kane, the reigning tag team champions, against D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry, who are coming back for uh, the first time in a while after an extended absence from Mark Henry. So this is, I forgot how over X-Pac and Kane were as a tag team in terms of like, Mm -hmm. you know, we get the unconventional tag team so much now, but I love little guy, big guy tag team. I love it. It reminds me of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and AEW. I love this kind of like tag team dynamic because it has like such natural like tag team psychology things built in of like a, the face mm-hmm. in peril, like the, the little guy, the little guy being super courageous and also like the combination of different styles, like a big, strong monster and like a quick, um, courageous, uh, other guy. Like, uh, I love it. I just think it was, it, it's just, it works. And this match was so fun. And there's like three incredibly good wrestlers in this four man match. Uh, and it was great. And one who is going to be. Yeah, so one who's on his way, but mm-hmm. at this point is literally shows up straight from his shift, like uh, <laughs> doing freelance security outside of like a sneaker store. I'm like, what is this? I have in my notes, did nobody tell Mark Henry he was going to wrestle today? <laughs> he's wearing, was he wearing like a, like a turtleneck? He's wearing like black slacks and I guess you would call it a t-shirt, but it looks like it's made out of nicer material than a t-shirt. Like a it's definitely something you'd be allowed to golf in. Yeah, it's something you that you would wear to a catering job you only care mostly about. <laughs> when they're like, "We're all black," and you're like, "This T-shirt's black." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man! I'm on my break. Okay. Um, yeah, I like this a lot. I did not understand like they really leaned hard on making X Pac courageous in a way that I was like that almost made him sound like he was a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, should I bang my pots and pans at seven o'clock for Xbox? What are we doing here? I think that well, I, well, we're not doing that anymore anyway. They're really trying to build up Xbox right now, aren't they? Though. Yeah, I mean, they they uh, Jr. truly was like he is the most courageous, resilient. He's got so much courage. He's teaching courage to Kane, like he's fucking Annie Sullivan miracle worker. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? It's like. Having Kane touch his bicep and go, courage, Kane, courage, <laughs> courage. 
how does this audience does the audience not realize that D'Lo is great or D'Lo is so great that he's that over as a heel or what? I think D'Lo's so great he's that over as a heel. I think okay. I, I remember ever I think just even when he's a heel, he's just hard not to love because he's just so much. You know what I mean? Like the head shake and he's got like an exciting move set and he's usually doing comedy stuff with Mark Henry. The D'Lo so, sucks I, chant is just weird to me. I think he did. Well, it's kind of like Rocky sucks. Like he did suck when he started. You know what I mean? Or I feel like in the beginning, he was always a kind of like a stooge in the nation who just took all of who just like Ahmed Johnson got to like put through several tables. Um. So when did when and why did did D'Lo um, abandon his vest? I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> I think it just right. happened organically enough that uh, that we didn't notice. Does he it bring also... it back later? Because I feel I like think... I can't picture him without it, except he definitely wasn't wearing it tonight. Well, he's they're kind of tweeners. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like they're kind of faces mm-hmm. like and they've been especially like with Mark Henry and the dating stuff and dealer like like and then Ivory. There's been like they've been sort of like towing the line as tweeners a little bit. So I kind of think face D'Lo doesn't have the vest and heel D'Lo does have the vest. Uh, is what I'm... Hilo, if you will. Uh, yeah, I think that that would be my guess, though. That's, that's just a, a speculation. Okay. This is also a time when there's a lot of rumors about a green cane costume, which I implore you to, like, comb the Reddit threads and find pictures of because it looks insane. It's like, do you remember when they like made ketchup all different colors in the nineties for no reason? And it was like with green ketchup. They still do. Oh, gross. Well, yeah, no, it's still around. It looks like that where you're like looking at like a Heinz bottle, except it's green. And you're like, something is wrong here. Uh, but I, I look up the photoshops of it on, on Reddit. It's wild. Yeah. So this was basically to be like, Oh, Kane is like a degeneration X mm-hmm. person. They thought, yeah, they thought for the longest time that he was going to officially join degeneration x and if he ever came out in the green cane outfit the pop would have been insane i mean there's a lot i mean there's a lot of crazy that comes but there's also uh i i liked this i like this tag team i this was, i i had so much fun watching this match i was like wow i love this fun wrestling also uh also green cane sounds like you're trying to come up with a fake name but dean kane is in the room with you <laughs> you remember what we said about green cane <laughs> <laughs> or like uh when dean kane like tr- decides to audition for the incredible hulk he's just like green cane uh these are also my favorite iteration of the tag team belts i think i love these oh. like big chunky square tag team belts i know they've been around for a while but i was like looking at them here and i was like man i, I like these belts mm-hmm I agree. We don't need uh, Spartans gracing the 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 face of them. Yeah, I don't like the ones they have now. But no. and there was I didn't like the ones they had in between really either. But I mean, when's the last time we saw a tag team championship match or like that was given any kind of real uh, story time? <sighs> Not since like New Day and Usos were tearing it up. I think. Yeah. Womp womp. Oh well. Um, it's just just the fuck the power of of Mark Henry and Kane is so awesome to watch here. When Mark Henry um, throws Kane into the turnbuckle and then does the the gorilla press on Kane, 
Just like one of those, like, holy shit, yes, I love wrestling. Kane's great, man. Kane is so good. Like, these two, sh- these two teams should have, like, fought forever. This was a great opener. I had when a lot you, of fun with Just it. when you've got two, like, two groups of guys that are so evenly matched with, like, their, um, their respective styles and movesets, I feel like they could have run this back every single week and it would have been fine. Bobby, what would you call that one move that that D'Lo does, where it was like a a springboard corkscrew, uh, corkscrew splash? Um, I would say that would be a uh, s- uh, springboard mill rope. Was it? I want to say was it a four fifty? No, it wasn't quite a four fifty, because it it was like a front somersault. Where he lands on his um, lands on his back. Mm-hmm. It reminded me, but it wasn't quite like a a senton or a swanton. It was almost like something AJ Styles does. Yeah. Or something you would see. You know what I mean? So I want to say it would be like a 450 or like another degrees. A 240? You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. Don't you, you know, <laughs> I'm not a math historian. 270? Okay? You know what I mean? Because uh, he starts there and he ends on And I back. haven't played I Tony Hawk enough recently to, uh, to know all right? the angles. I think it actually it might be a 450. Okay. I don't know. Whatever it was, it was dope. It was dope. You know, we missed it. It was dope. Uh, you want to go over the end, Bobby? Uh, Kane hits a choke slam on Mark Henry for the three. Yeah, is it more complicated than that? Okay, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, it just kind of ends. It's a match. Uh, we did see, um, we did see Kane go to the top rope too, though. That to the outside, no less. Yeah, and Kane hit like one a beautiful, enormous drop kick uh, in mm-hmm. this match too. And the story they're trying to give you a little bit is that like X Pac is teaching Kane a thing or two about being a little bit more mobile but i just honestly feel like and oof, we'll talk about it later well <laughs> hit me while kane is is teaching xbox how to run a small municipality <laughs> one day i'm going to be mayor so we go backstage to michael cole where we learn that vince may not be able to act as the second referee because of his hurt ankle Never mind the fact that, like, how does anybody act as a second referee? Like, who has the ultimate authority? Yeah. What if they disagree? Like, believe me, the ankle's not what's making this complicated. <laughs> um, and then Kevin Kelly and Hardcore Holly. Where Hardcore Holly tells a story about his imaginary friend named Little Joe, who... What the fuck was that? <laughs> Holly broke a lamp, blamed it on Little Joe, and then apparently got beaten by his father. That I think that part is very true, right? 100%. Like that seems like like a, an origin story story for Hardcore Holly. Yeah, he hit me with a hockey stick and a baking sheet and a funnel cake. And now that's what I do today. <laughs> it is so funny to me that he is allowed to call himself Hardcore Holly even when he doesn't have the hardcore belt. I think at this point they were like, wow, we found a gimmick that works for this guy. Forget it. You're going to run this to the grave. <laughs> like, you will yeah. be Hardcore Holly in a retirement home. You will be Hardcore Holly if you teach preschool. You are going to be Hardcore Holly now to the end. Honestly, I'm into it because, like, just, like, Bob Holly by itself is like, bleh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this works. By the way, he says, um, I think he said, I will take an implementary destruction. And I was like, oh, stop, Bob. Stop talking. <laughs> Just, just wear short shorts and fight. He's not going to take anything for granted. <laughs> um, 
okay, so Eric, I need to ask you how much of this story made sense to you? Next to none of okay. it. Okay. Because uh, I, I just I think it could be summed up in my note that just says one-eyed Pierre, and that was it. <laughs> I wish so bad that they had done some kind of recap package for this story because it is nuts and amazing and hilarious. So you remember last time when we left off with Al Snow, he was arguing with Head over who was actually the uh, the champion. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um. So he wound up having um a hardcore match where he then proceeds to pin head using a, a severed deer, a, a one-eyed severed deer head that he names Pierre. So then when he comes in the next night, the hardcore um, title is dangling from this deer's antlers to which Bob Holly proceeds to beat the shit at and destroy this deer head. Um, Al Snow insists that medical attention be brought in. However, the deer cannot be saved because it is a stuffed deer head. And then he has a funeral where he gives him cigars, old episodes of Columbo, and the (laughs) t-shirt that Pierre was wearing the night he got into his car accident, which lost, he lost his eye. Okay. Amazing. That's it. But it's, it's good. It's funny. And holy shit, do I want that job squad with the airbrushed hardcore deer Pierre on the back. By the way, that's exactly the thing. I think in a previous episode I was talking about, like, you know, the airbrushed memorial shirts. Mm -hmm. That's what I was talking about. Perfect. Note perfect. I love this match, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was a really fun match. They don't. They just don't do hardcore matches. And again, there's good reasons why they don't do hardcore matches like this in some ways. Though there was a lot of my favorite stuff in this was like the least dangerous stuff. Like when they're fucking fighting with funnel cake, I was. I mean, guys, keep in mind I'm watching this at about five thirty a.m. smoking uh-huh. a spliff in the dark in my living room, just like cackling, watching them throw funnel cake at each other. Like it just tickled something in me that I desperately needed tickled. Uh, which, okay, you know what? I'm not going to go there. Uh, (laughs) Social distancing uh, needing to be tickled. All right. Uh, But I loved, I loved this. And I just kept imagining, even though in my head, I'm like, I know they're not at Barclays. Like for some reason, as I was watching it, I was picturing it unfolding in Barclays. Yeah. I was, I was so excited that someone actually got powdered sugar thrown on them and they called it powdered sugar. Yes. (laughs) I was like, finally, the callback of all time. Do you think that that's powdered sugar? Well, actually, actually, it is. <laughs> yeah, you you're fucking right. dummy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah it was powdered dummy. sugar. What do you? What else do you put on funnel cake? Okay, you idiot. Point of order: Does someone does like Vince Russo go up to those vendors ahead of time and's like, "Hey guys, here's a hundred bucks. Could you put a bunch of sodas and shit on the counter so these guys can grab it as they go by? Also, don't get mad if we throw a bunch of soda on you. Are those like unsuspecting <laughs> wage workers? Like, what is happening exactly? Because it feels like Ooh. it's got to be set up. It's got to be set up. And also, up. like, I think it's set up. And also, I'm like, what are the economics here? Do the stands like who owns that food? Is it the franchisee? Like, I have like a lot of questions about like how this is produced. Yeah. Uh, no, those those concessions were gimmicked. 
I thought everybody, so. everybody was like, they were gimmicked concession workers. No, I think the workers were legit. I think the workers uh, were shoot, <laughs> but I think those were shoot workers. No, I agree. I agree. But they, but they were like, you know, they were, they were softened. Yeah. They were told what to, you know, I, um, I spent the time where I should be thinking about all of that, uh, ruminating on the fact that there's a bratwurst car where, where you can order something called the Sheboygan. <laughs> Aaron's googling on that eBay if he, can, if he can get a Sheboygan from this Kansas City arena off of eBay from 1999. <laughs> exactly. There's a you know there's a there's this like um there's a service where you can like use it to get uh ship ma- shipping delivery from any like restaurant in the country now. Uh, it's called like gold golden something like gold calf maybe or whatever. But my point is. We could probably do it. Like we could, let's just find. Let's look up that arena. Let's see if they're still selling it, and let's um, let's pay like you know, if we get a hundred dollars worth of food, I think shipping is free. <laughs> uh, you know, let's just do this. The Kemper Arena. Oh no, sorry, it's the High V Arena. H Y dash V E E Arena is what it's known as today. What the fuck is that? I don't that? even know what that company is. That sounds like a like a, like a super circle competitor. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I was gonna say they're in pharmaceuticals. Uh, okay, right. first of all, uh, Sheboygan Sausage Company um, is high. I okay, I don't know. This is so weird. Sorry. Okay, I started going down a, a rabbit hole for a second. Oh gotcha. my folks, I was like, I gotta see, but I found Sheboygan Sausage Company Braunschweiger, and it comes up with high V as like. High V is a grocery. High V is a grocery store. It looks like. Okay. And there's a brat bar at High V, and there you can get Sheboygan brats via. I don't know if it's the same Sheboygan brats, but I want to let you know. I think that this goal I'm is closer. Gonna, I'm going to go think. ahead and assume that it's the same Sheboygan brats. Yeah. I don't guys. I think we should order them. I just got a grill pan. <laughs> I just got. I, I just got a grill cast iron. I really want like, one it's of got, those. It, yeah, you can put grill marks on it. It's great. Uh, I'm so excited. I Anyway, if you've got a good, a if you've got a good recommendation, put it in the chat later. Um, I the, thought when they came down the stairs in this match is when I got really nervous. Again, I was picturing it in Barclays. I was like, imagine like fighting with someone on camera and like walking down all those arena stairs. Like at Barclays, oh, okay. I'm already nervous going down those stairs. Well, the when upper, I'm sober, yeah. <laughs> the upper stairs at Barclays Center are are fucking perilous. They're literally like, no, vertigo. They give me vertigo. Yeah, the I, I get. I, yeah, I get vertigo. Oh, uh, but then they... not to mention I'm always like drunk or a little bit, you know, out of my head, mm-hmm. and I'm just like I feel like I'm always swaying when I'm trying to get to my seat. It's the worst feeling. Yeah, and well, because then it, it's a very small row as well. So when if you're trying to get past people, like. I always feel like I'm going to fall on the people in front of me. I'm, they're going to like yep. crowd surf me down, and then I'm just going to drop over the edge. Yep. Um, I did notice when they shoved the on the way back, he grabs the cotton candy over the cotton candy guy, and I do not think that cotton candy guy was gimmicked because he was like, wait a minute, give me my cotton candy. And Al Snow was like, give me this cotton candy. And he shoved the guy down, and I was like, I thought that guy's getting pizza after the show. Like, I don't think he's in on the gag. Oh, because you know in those arenas that they know exactly how many cones of cotton candy you went out with, and you better come back with all the money for or or those cones. Yeah, and no, and no more blue lips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what 
Whatever. Did you guys notice that the that when uh, Holly was setting up the table, it was definitely broken already? No. He he was trying to like he was trying to set it up on the legs, and the 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 part where the leg mounts to the table for for the right set of legs was just like completely like you know separated from the table, mm-hmm. whereas normally it would be there to kind of be as a base. Um, so when they when he set it up, it was. He set up the table the way that like I've tried making like like playing card cast like house of cards like it was just like you just like you just set it up and then you walk away like very slowly and hope that nobody touches nobody it. breathe and then I think nobody breathe yeah and, and the and the ref knew because the ref came over and was just kind of like standing by the table I think just like had a hand on it like trying hoping that he could keep it up in case it slipped. Okay, uh, so disgusting things that I need to bring up. First, the enormous Confederate flag that they're waving in the stands. Yep, yep. Um, And I thought that was going to be the worst thing in this match until um, Bob Holly does a delayed, inverted... I don't know jackhammer it's a, kind of it's a fa- so that is it the is it the holly cost and he Not, said and jr says he calls it the holly cost he sure don't let me tell you that much because I, I that i also i mean obviously anyone watching this it like it hits you like a ton of bricks because it's like perfectly silent and they deliver it very directly and i i remember hearing it being like no he does not because <laughs> uh wait is- bobby bobby are you a holly cost denier <laughs> It was like that. First of all, that's a terrible name, and no, he does. It's a falcon arrow. That's the falcon arrow. He does uh, a bit of more delay on the on like the setup, but that's a the, that sort of uh, when you know they land, uh, kind of like you take them off a vertical suplex, but they go forward, landing on their back, and you land seated. Um, that's the falcon arrow. Seth Rollins does it as part of like a superplex right into a falcon arrow, which is so fucking cool every time he does it. But Bob Holly, I always knew the falcon arrow like, when we were watching Seth do it. Like I knew that as Bob Holly's finisher. And as the Falcon Arrow. So I know the Holly cost, I don't think, is like long for this brand. Bob Holly just calls it the, calls it the, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> oh, God. But neither the Snowplow nor the Holly cost uh, are what brings this match <laughs> to an end, even. Which also feels like kind of sucks the power out of the name, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, yeah, right. Never again. But you know what? Apparently, it was not his final solution. I was wondering if I could uh, make that joke. I was going to say penultimate solution uh, doesn't have the same ring to it, but I wasn't sure if I could make that joke. Uh, Listen, we're treading on very thin ice this yeah, entire already. episode. This is the so, episode we get canceled for I, sure. I mean, shit. Right, we did. We did the episode where we where we were uh, sensitive and thoughtful, and now we can just you know let's let's just go dark as hell. I mean, this is the last match that I feel like we could do that for, so I'm just just milking it for all it's worth. But it ends with um, Bob Holly going through the table, and Al Snow gets the pin and the win. These are, I mean, like the thing about Al Snow, while we can still just talk about wrestling as if it's all that matters. Uh, I like his hardcore matches too are so good because he sells, I mean, maybe it's not selling. Maybe he is just getting the shit kicked out of him so much with fucking baking pans and whatever. But like 
all the covers, all the whatever, like, it's always, like, an accumulation of the battle. And so when they end these matches, they're, like, barely draping their bodies over each other. There's not, like, a big exciting roll-up or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that also, like, yeah. adds to the, the the Demolition Derby, like, vibe of these hardcore matches that just makes them very different than they are now. We just, like, mm-hmm. the 24-7 title's not like this now. No no-holds-barred titles are like this now. They feel all the... I feel like anytime we get, like, any kind of hardcore-adjacent match now, it just feels like a regular Stone Cold Steve Austin match from 1999. <laughs> yeah, including matches where um, eyes are supposedly removed. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Well, yep. we get across. <laughs> let's, let's cross the Rubicon. So this is the moment in the show where um, they were showing an Owen Hart, or a, sorry, a, a Blue Blazer package, and the accident occurs. Um Instead of addressing that at all, it's completely edited out. But we get to a discussion of sending an ambulance for Vince's leg, which, I mean, I know that they're just, they've got a script for the night and that they're just kind of going through things, but it makes this feel all the more morbid to me. Yep. Yeah, all all of the check ins are like, well, we're checking in on Vince's on Vince's ankle. It's definitely broken. I'm like, oh god, guys, come on, mm-hmm. like, and and the whole crowd. I mean, there's a crowd there that is just like has watched a man fall from the ceiling. And yes, they may have, you know, uh, probably a lot of them thought that it was like maybe a dummy or something, but there was no like commentary about it. They just kind of moved on from it. So like. How did that? How did it not occur to anybody? Well, also keep in mind they excised a huge chunk of this, so it's not that they didn't address it. They did in, in the arena. You mean, or do you mean in the like on the program? In the arena. Yeah, I, I don't know, and I was thinking a lot, especially through a later match. I think maybe during the Outlaws match. Um, that's gonna be in a little bit. Like, folks don't have cell phones. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's so it's so weird to think like something could happen and you could just not know. You know what I mean? Like if something happens in the world right now in Serbia, we're all going to get like an alert on our phone and know immediately. Like there's like not a lot of like, uh, you know, it's weird to think about what it must be like to like not have that access to instant information. Bobby, I, I, I actually muted Serbia as one of my keywords, so I, I okay, so you refuse to that. learn anything. Well, the good news for you is that you have like basically herd immunity because everyone around you would be picking up their cell phones at the same time, being like, "Holy shit, did you see the thing right. about Serbia?" You know, but- I don't, I don't want to hear any any more things about Milosevic. No, I, no interest. But I'm just trying to think that, like, if you were in the arena, what you would have seen, and then he would be gone, and then we, then you wouldn't know what happened. And that would be the last you knew. Is that like, ooh, that seemed pretty bad. He looks hurt. And that's that's it. Yeah, I don't know. Just sucks. And then and and again, we're talking about Owen Hart, who has been partnered with Jeff Jarrett for months now. And then Jeff has to go out with Deborah and and just do a match. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I was watching it just kind of like looking for cracks in, in Deborah's face over it just to kind of see. Deborah had to go out in that shirt after what had just happened. <sighs> I 
Deborah's shirt has puppies on it. Oh, did they? Oh, I, that's what those were. Got it. What did you yeah, think uh, was happening there? I honestly, I, I, I think I, I don't really remember. Like, I'm, I, I can't call up a mental image of what Deborah was wearing. I think it was, I thought it was just like silhouettes or something. Was it actual, just like cartoon puppies? Yes, yes, like pound puppies. Uh, I, I just wasn't even paying attention. I think. Uh, so, okay, so what do we think about the match itself? I, I, you know, I thought the women's part of it was terrible. Um, well, neither well, of them are trained wrestlers. And Deborah right. being forced to do that in just the most ridiculous heels. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought Val Venus and, and Jeff Jarrett were fine. I mean, they did, you know. I, when they were wrestling, there were some. It was fu- it was fine enough. In a perfect world, I don't think there's a world where I like this match. If like everything in the show went off without a hitch, I don't think I like this match. But again, it just feels like kind of like kicking someone when they're down. To yeah. to to say any more about this match. Um, I will say just to be on the positive note. Uh, I think I kind of liked the idea that like that Nicole Bass was like had so much sexual prowess that when she planted that kiss on Val Venus, he like got into it. Yeah, I I don't. It was like I was like you know what that's kind of a I think that's a nice turn of things. Like you know it's better than the whole like gross out you know, angle that they could have gone with. Yeah. I like it. Um, and I know, I, I know that they're related, but I, sorry, go on. I like it, especially um, because the audience during these Nicole Bass segments are just kind of like mean. Yeah. Uh, and the yeah. commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I don't like anything about how they did. Well, it's like run. everything they said, Everything they they said about China, they just like you know ratcheted up mm-hmm. for Nicole Bass. But also, and, Nicole Bass is coming from the Howard Stern show, like that's where she got her fame. Where I also feel like the whole point of that show was to like debase a lot of women at a lot of times. So I also think it's almost like yes. I, I wonder if people also feel more permission to be crueler to Nicole because literally she got famous by being cruel by have been cruel to or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not sure to conjugate that verb. And also, we've we've talked on this show before about um, the fact that China definitely has an undeniable star quality that you just don't have with Nicole Bass. And I don't know if, given a perfect timeline, if she would ever kind of get that level yeah. of star quality. Like, I just don't think she has that it that translates to from amazing physical. Like, her body is incredible. Like like the the what she's done and how she sculpted is is phenomenal, but I don't think that it's that she has any of that charisma w- within her in order to to make that leap. Ready to move on? Yep. Sure. So yeah, so it ends with Val hitting the money shot, um, while Jeff was trying to hit Nicole with the guitar. And then they have the weirdest kiss ever. And we go back to see 
again, just a very uncomfortable thing to watch where Vince McMahon is getting loaded into an ambulance um, for his kayfabe broken ankle. Yeah, this is really, again, this is like the part where you're like, okay, I guess they have to, I can understand how they have to go on with the show, but like, Jesus, like, the, you know, when you get into the, the very, the details of each aspect of it, like, you know, being loaded into an ambulance, having Shane come over and, and like, everybody's playing their, these like parts for this script. It just, oh, it feels, it feels pretty yucky. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, we uh, are we ready to move on to the uh, Road Dog versus um, Badass Billy Gunn match? If we must. Yep. Uh, I. You know, I thought the package was interesting. I thought, you know, they, they really laid out the whole story of like, okay, you know, Billy Gunn has developed a, an attitude mm-hmm. and he decided he wants to, you know, he, he wants the spotlight for himself. But I love that we, we get, we finally get definitive uh, Degeneration X lyrics. Um, they also talk about, they really don't know how to talk about, uh, road dog and and billy gunn like as as partners who are now former partners at one point they say they they they, uh they're like like uh what was it like degenerate uh outlaw versus ex outlaw friend versus former friend i'm like nope nope they're both former friends that's (laughs) how it works right like one person isn't like, nope, I'm still in this friendship. Like, nope, you're, you're both former friends. It's former friend versus former friend. No, nah, man, it's like uh, it's like launching the nukes. Both friends have to turn the key to decide that we are now former <laughs> friends. Friendship over in three, two, one. <laughs> it's like us doing the clap at the start of uh, each episode to yeah. sync us up. Yes, yes, we need to align this breakup. <laughs> I can't believe that there was a time where they thought that Mr. Ass was was uh, going to um, going to achieve superstardom from a solo push. Oof. Agreed. Like he's we've seen the best role for him and it's a role that he'll go back to and and it'll still be good. But definitely New Age Outlaws is the, the peak of his career. Um, there's a, another accomplishment, I think, soon, I want to say, that some might say is the peak. I don't know. Definitely the single speak. But anyway, Did, we'll... uh, but But thinking about that accomplishment, do you think that he deserves and do you think that that I know, I know. was it... smart booking? <laughs> we'll get to I that. Know. We'll get to that yeah. very, very I'm soon. Just, I'm just going to imagine that he changes Midian's diaper when <laughs> Midian becomes diaper baby Midian. <laughs> Again, Eric. Like, should they have used Billy Gunn? Eric, Probably not. Guessing. But you know what? Billy Gunn served a good, good piece. What's that? Stop guessing, Eric. Because Billy, because <laughs> years, years down the road, Billy Gunn will also be in one of the the more problematic storylines that WWE um, does once they get the f out. Uh, get the f out. Um. Yeah, I was bored through this whole match. It was bad. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was bad. Not, neither of these guys are particularly like thrilling. I thought I, I, they were obviously better as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, what- yeah, I said. I said basically, you're never going to get a clinic out of what these guys are doing. I mean, it's fun enough watching, like you know, watching them kind of brawl a little bit. But man, we've been we're in the the era of brawling, so it's not even the best of that. Um, I did like Road Dog doing the "Oh, you didn't know." to in kevin kelly's face kind of yep. as kind of like I agree. what is normally this disembodied voice that comes from the backstage you're actually like seeing it you're seeing how the sausage is made you're seeing you're seeing how the sheboygan sausage is made <laughs> and, and and i like that that you know he kind of you know like it they worked it in with the interview mm-hmm. so and then you know and then he just kind of comes out to it um yeah no i thought that was a you know look it it's fun. It's always fun to me when when they take something that is like rote and then they play with it. They do a twist on it. You know, they they make it a little bit more surprising. So I was I was really into it. Um, did you guys notice that uh, Billy Gunn's uh, earring? I think in his left ear found a spouse. No, he he's he's going the route of um, Jack, Captain Jack Sparrow. I think. Wait, what? He's got like two, like, I think at one point he only had like one hoop earring in each ear, uh-huh. and now he's got like two hoop earrings in like his left ear. Okay. He's just getting more and more pirate like. Got it. I just, uh, I guess I never thought of Captain Jack Sparrow for his earrings. That's the main thing I think. <laughs> That's I it. Okay, number one. <laughs> um, Billy Gunn wins next. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Shane's back with Michael Cole. Shane says he's going to call it down the line. And One, two, three. Yeah, proving that he can count to three. And then we get the Ministry versus the Union. Uh, I I don't know how I felt about this match. I I mean, I, again, this is a, at this point a lot of they, you know, they've all, they're all kind of just like gutting it out, mm-hmm. white knuckling, but, and I mean, yeah. And Bobby, correct me if I'm wrong. Mankind is definitely working hurt at this point, right? Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and will be for a while. Um, at, like there, there's, oh, boy, I, I actually like skipped ahead a lot of Mick Foley stuff. Cause I was like curious about a few things, mm-hmm. but yeah, he is, he's put his body through a lot, uh, He's working so hurt that they let him just wear the dolphin shirt he was wearing backstage out into the ring. I mean, he's uh, it's like at least 10 minutes before he's in this match at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He never comes out. What? So what? how did he get hurt? Oh, just the wear and tear of like boiler room brawls and jumping onto concrete for the last few months. Oh, it's so like just a, life. Yeah. Okay. It, it hips and knees, I want to say, are like the big problems during mm-hmm. this time. Poor guy. Uh, but I will say my biggest note for this match in all caps with underline uh, written uh, in in very extreme gay is Viscera is wrestling in a leather trench. He is like a 500 yes. pound man wearing a leather trench to wrestle. No wonder why he's so sweaty every time he's in there for 10 seconds. He's in a leather trench. That's my why God. He's always, that's why he's always doing the monster face to the camera. Yeah, it's hard to tell in there. Shit. Well, 
Wait, no, he when he opens his mouth, that's that's him panting. That's how you know he's getting yeah. overheated. Yeah, Man, no, that's he, Viscera has no sweat glands. <laughs> also, um, also I was talking uh I was talking with a, a friend of the show, Dave Colo, the other day about how insane it is that there is a wrestler in this time period named Viscera. Yep, just body just body goop. <laughs> just organs <laughs> and <laughs> It's named after your organs and your goop. Just like a bunch of body also, goop. Also, by the way, with this crowd, could you imagine having a silent C? Like, does how many of the people out there know how to spell that? Come on. <laughs> like, it's, you're just inviting just a mess. Like, they're just like, V-I-S-S-E-R-A? Thank God nobody was making a viscera sign in 1999. Right, right, exactly. But like you may you may wind up get somebody accidentally cheering on the viceroy. <laughs> oh, um. So test is bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Test is bad. He's so bad. He's green. He's, he's huge. I mean, he's he looks like he should like be a wrestler. an amazing wrestler. Like if you're doing like create a wrestler in WWE and not scanning your face in every single time, that looks like somebody that you might create. His hair would be shorter, right, Bobby? But of course, for me, yeah, something I would create. As if this is like a real doll. Um, but <laughs> but I think there's always going to be this string of guys, Eric, that are like big, blonde, hot. You yeah. know what I mean? That like for some reason Vince Man has like a deep sexual kink for, and, and you can't he just, like, teach that. <laughs> but they end up being bad wrestlers. Then you know we get stuck with them, and then. Uh, then we're no longer stuck with them. But Tess is one of those people that just, you know, gets pushed too fast because he's green, but he looks like a million bucks. And so they think that he's got a future while he's young. Cause wrestlers have a shelf life and there's no yeah, time no, to he, train him. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he truly, he truly does look like, like generic wrestler guy. Like there's no way that anything about Tess is trademarked. You're like, you should just use his likeness as much as possible. I mean, even his name sounds like it's a draft. <laughs> <laughs> well, his his original gimmick was beta test, and he dropped that. <laughs> now he's alpha test. Right there's uh, there's a re- he's the wrestler called TK. I thought I thought uh, Ken Shamrock's wrestling was really smooth to, uh, th- in this match in particular. Like he's been he'd been doing I think a lot more like you know just like. Uh, raging out stuff for a while, but like you got to see some more of like it's almost like proto Randy Orton, the way that Ken Shamrock was wrestling in this in this match, where you know like you think you have him and all of a sudden he's just like so slippery that he just like you know slides around and gets you in this like arm lock that's gonna make you submit. You know, like he re- they really made that come across more in this match than I've seen in the last few Ken Shamrock matches. I like that, Eric. I, I've never thought of the, the similarity between those two, but just kind of like the um, the aura of danger that they both present and their ability to kind of turn it around on a dime. Um, Ken Shamrock with the, the submission move and Randy Orton with the RKO. I really like that. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like uh, maybe they should have given the snake to Ken Shamrock. Give uh, give something else to Austin. <laughs> I like-, uh, like a beaver. I like Ken Shamrock too because I feel like Ken Shamrock is my favorite way they've made UFC wrestling. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sometimes the MMA folks are too MMA focused 
Where I like, I think Ken Shamrock is the right like blend of like pro wrestling and MMA, almost closer like what what we get with Matt Riddle now versus like what you get with like Shayna Baszler, which is like mm-hmm. a little bit more playing it straight raw underground, if you will. Mm-hmm. Not that we don't all love Shayna Baszler. No, she's amazing, and maybe a tag team champion tonight. We'll see. And the um, so I had a question. I had a, oh, sorry, you're continuing through the match. And and also, just it cannot be stated enough how great and how how cool and strong the Big Show is. I mean, considering that. He's been in, what was it, February that he first showed up to the WWF? I mean, obviously he had a career before then. But he's been now in for four months. Not even. Three months. And just like how completely he's adapted to the WWF style and, um, and how cool it is just to watch him manhandle people, being as huge as he is. Like, he's the good test. Hmm. Right? Um, I don't know if I follow that line of the logic, but I do I do think he's good. I do enjoy watching him at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely doing a lot better now than he was doing anything in his WCW run from what I, for, again, from my very, like, loosely mm-hmm. assembled WCW knowledge. Uh, I don't know if he's, like, test. I think, so- I think he's got a bit more raw, t- I think he's a bit more talent than look. Uh, obviously he's huge, mm-hmm. but he also yeah. I, has a lot more talent. I think in like an under he's a lot savvier. And as I think we saw with his, you know, the, the longevity of his career. Yeah. Just, he's got, he's got something test. Don't got, he's not just the good test. Well, I, he's got a whole different, I think he's a different species. I, I think Aaron, what you're kind of, I, I think if I, what I think you're getting at is like, um, there are, archetypes of wrestling bodies Mm -hmm. and like test is one type it's like the you know the gorgeous like you know built dude you know like because test is is in the the realm of billy gunn and val venus and maybe like maybe even jeff jarrett when he had the hair something along those lines Mm -hmm. right or or also triple h and then you also have like guys like like big show well, who are like Andre the Giant and all those other people where they're just like big the big dudes that you think are going to also be a million dollars but for different reasons but, is that right? But the test is enormous too. I think it's more just kind of like the enormous guy done right cuz Test is can look eye to eye with the big show. He does he's mm, I no. think Test is Test is big. Test is definitely bigger than normal. Like I don't think uh-huh. Test is like a Jarrett. Test I think is like a Diesel or like he's definitely a bigger guy. But I don't, but I think, but Big Show's in, and to Eric's point, almost like this, like, super heavyweight, like, extra category that only includes, like, the Great Kali, Braun Strowman. Like, they're, like, there's a, they're, a, they literally are a different weight class. Um, I mean, they, they don't even, like, they don't even build test out to be what you're describing, okay. right? Like, cause, like, they're not, like, you know, they're, like, oh, like, test this seven foot monster. He's, like, He's just this big ass dude. Like they're just like, oh yeah, it's Test, and here comes Test. Like there's not, yeah, I, there's not a thing. You know, I guess there is like, even there's a difference between six six and seven feet. It's like Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman. They're both big guys, but Braun mm-hmm. Strowman is a bigger guy than than Drew McIntyre. Okay. 
Point withdrawal. That's how I would. I, yeah. I think Test is Drew McIntyre diesel size. Like, definitely like a big dude. Like, mm-hmm. you're not wrong. He's a big dude. But I just think that Big Show's in a different class of big dude. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a question about this match. Um, why did Boss Man try to walk away? Is it even worth it? I mean, maybe they explained it and I just missed it, but I didn't understand. I'm not even sure I remember what you're referring to, Eric. Uh, he just like tried to like walk back up to the locker room and they were like, no, 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 we're pulling you back in. And it's just like, I don't know what it was. Is it be- I didn't understand what was happening. Is it because I just projected this? It might not be right, but I was, I thought, I don't know if there was something because boss man's like the corporate part of the corporate ministry. And the other guys were all ministry guys. I don't know if there's like, is there any simmering tensions between the two uh, sub factions? Maybe boss man is like, I'm a cop. I'm not a fucking demon hunter or whatever. <laughs> Maybe it might have also just been like I'm getting enough of an ass kicking from Big Show that I don't want to be a part of this. I don't know. Also, this match is kind of a blur. Also, why didn't yeah. they do that, Bobby? Mm. It feels like the story is ripe for like building some tension within this this faction itself and not relying solely on external forces. Well, this story is about ready to run is about ready to run off some rails. So it's like I I don't know if they yeah. There's a lot there, there's a lot we could we we could look back on and and mm-hmm. and say so hope they did differently. <laughs> Wish they did differently. But yeah, also Bossman sucks. I mean, look, who cares? I, I you know look I think I think to to Aaron's point I think a lot of this uh, a lot of what we see is like oh wow these are such interesting things man if only they had like some time to sit with it and think about like all the different ways that they could tease out angles and play and stuff, but they they can't, they've got like, you know, they've got another, they've got Monday raw coming. And after that, they've got, you know, another Monday and they've got SmackDown. It's like, there's, there's, there, there's no time for them to like sit and, and like, like play and chew on something. Cause they're just like, gotta keep it going. Gotta keep it going. Uh, okay. Now this is corporate ministry. What's the long, you know, What's the long arc for the corporate ministry? They're going to lead to this thing. And it's never like, oh, well, what's one way that we could, uh, you know, how how else could we play with the corporate ministry now that we recognize that it's this useful thing? Um, this was a four, uh, you know, a four on four elimination match. So there were several finishes throughout, most of which were garbage. Uh, but it boils down to Mick Foley and the boss man. Mm-hmm. I want to say, okay, yep. right, yes. Well, and because because uh, uh, Big Show and Viscera just kept fighting towards backstage. Yeah, I just couldn't remember. I remember the Big Show fought somebody backstage, but in my head, I was like, wait a minute, was it Bossman he was fighting? Anyway, no, but it was Mick Foley and Bossman. He wins with the mandible claw with the Sako assist, and also in a very cute thing, the Sako was like already like signed and ready to go, and he threw it into the crowd after, and I thought that was very cute. Aww. Yeah, it's like a it's like his version of a Bret Hart thing. Yeah, I liked it. Um, but that's how that ends. Mankind is the, uh, I guess, soul, Mankind and Bossmen are the sole survivors, even though a few <laughs> folks weren't were ever pinned. Uh, in fact, I think most people weren't pinned. Uh, then he uh, takes the win for the union. And the union goes over, and I think this is the last, like the first and last union. I don't know. I want to say, I feel like the union stick around for a long time. They Not got very music long, here. No. It, it was bad. Oh, did, uh, did Obama call them up and tell them that they probably... <laughs> could do a lot better with spreading their message if they just broke up the union. Oh, God. Oh, fuck that clown shit. Oh. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Oh, this... That made me so this angry. This week fucking sucked. Ugh. This fucking sucked. 
By um, the way, you know what? Because this episode comes out tomorrow, that was like that's like the most timely joke we'll ever have. <laughs> uh, um, in other news, um, Bradshaw got his ass kicked by Steve Blackman, like the day before this pay per view. Like in real like life. In real life, yeah. Um, and then, did you catch the wait, reference? Was, was it... Ooh. Wait a second. No. What? Aaron, did you catch the reference on commentary? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I, I was listening for it and I didn't hear it. What did they say? Oh man, I could have. Sw- I, I, I can't be making this up because okay. I have to go back. I'll go back and confirm. But I, during the four-on-four match, there's a reference to something like Bradshaw is ready to fight anybody anywhere like at any time and like Lawler says yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like at any luggage rack or something like that like specifically said like at any like luggage pickup or whatever which was I like, wasn't sure what that was about okay, I, so I, that happen. was such a weird <laughs> reference it did happen it, 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 did happen. it was an inside joke because Blackman and Bradshaw got in a scuffle like at the airport uh, baggage pickup because like Bradshaw was just like being a jerk um, and kind of like just being like a tea you know what I mean like kind of like smacking him around was, like, like for touching. funsies yeah, like, fucking was, like, with like him. touching him like you know how much everyone likes to be touched by another person, especially at an airport. Everyone's all yeah. cranky. What and like and see Blackman as you could tell as you might have noticed from his everything is zero fun whatsoever. And he was like, "I swear, God, you better stop touching me. I will fucking like fuck you up if you keep touching me." And of course, like Bradshaw's like, "Yeah, let's see it." And then see Blackman proceeds to fuck him up. Uh, and then did, did the did the did the stick slide out of Steve Blackman's uh, Blackman's like sleeves and he, <laughs> he just gets him in his hands? Well, all the, like it's like Wolverine, but without. this was in the nineties. Yeah, back when out. you could travel with karate sticks. The lights go out. The sticks are <laughs> black. Lights come on. All of a sudden, it's like Joel Schumacher's <laughs> Batman. <laughs> But he he, oh, he like punches Bradshaw a bunch of times so that his like his head snaps back. Then he goes to kick him in the chest, which probably would have like collapsed his chest in. But he gets his foot cut caught on a on like a piece of luggage, and and they're able to separate them. And Bradshaw had to apologize later. And yep. like, could you imagine Bradshaw being like, "Sorry, bother you in the airport." <laughs> <laughs> Like a little kid. It's like so funny to me thinking of that part of the story. Sorry, I bothered you at the airport. I won't do it again. Oh, sorry. I I shouldn't have touched you so much. I'm sorry. And then Undertaker's at WrestleCourt being like, okay, boys, now hug it out. Like, it's very funny to me. Well, no, Undertaker's in the background going, okay, so do you want to get me from the left angle? Are the flames out yet? That was a callback to the photo shoot yeah i'm sorry i was looking at my notes and it says rock plus kevin i was like wait did the rock have a match against some guy named kevin it's like oh wait no rock is we're backstage (laughs) and i will lay the smack it down on kevin (laughs) yeah yeah we need to talk about kevin 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 o'malley what's his name Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly. Kevin McAllister. It's some Irish name. Macaulay Culkin's 40, everyone. Oof. Oh, yeah, I, I feel old. I'm also 40. Um, It's a great it's a great rock interview. Uh, there's two things on the menu, a slap in the face or a rock burger. I don't know if a rock burger is an actual burger or if it's like a rock bottom, but whatever. A different fun. kind of slap. Yeah. Have a- <laughs> I don't know. I was like, can I have both? I have the rock burger. <laughs> I want to be yeah. like, guys, should we split them? Let's get both and split them. 
There's two things on the menu and no substitutions. Um, yeah, and so Triple H attacks Rock backstage, or China attacks him backstage, and Mankind comes to the Rock's aid with a metal pipe. Um, China's looking like the world's sexiest dictator tonight. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Epaulets. Yes. Epaulets for days. Epaulets mm-hmm. for days. She looks so fucking good. That, all my notes are like, China looks amazing. Yes, honey. Yes, God. Snap, snap. Fan clack. Like, I'm so into... It was such a good outfit. She looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Is it like is it like Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation outfit? No. I mean, they, there's epaulets involved. But this one is like... Uh, Janet Jackson was definitely wearing more coverage than China is here, who's like basically like in a studded bikini. This is if you uh, took right. Janet Jackson's outfit from the Super Bowl and merged it with the Rhythm Nation. Yeah. Just the shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Hot despot. Yeah. Despot Sito, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but we're backstage and they attack. And so and then, then it comes. So then it's The Rock versus Triple H. In a match that I, for a match between The Rock and Triple H, I had a lot of trouble following this match, keeping my eyes on the screen. So this is where I think, this is where I think I felt the biggest, because this is right when the news is broken that Owen has died, right before these last two matches. Uh, And I don't know, I agree, these last, both these last matches are like Mm -hmm. a slog. Like, and I mean, yeah. and, and they'll always both, and like, these performers have all said, like, yeah, I don't remember what happened mm-hmm. at that point. Uh, we do get, we do get the rock on uh, commentary from the Spanish announce table where he talks about how the rock uh, is, can speak some Spanish. And then he says, the rock kicky your monkey assy. Which is just bad and... racism. Yeah. Yeah, right? Like that's... It's lazy. But, but like, there's nothing about the Spanish language that, like, the phonetics that's... Like, if he was on, say, the Chinese announce table, then I would have understood his racism. Hey, hey, Aaron, how would you have done uh, the racism for the Spanish announce I table? Would have, what, like, just give us a, a flavor of it. Uh, probably put in an L and a Kiko in there or something like that. I don't know. Wait, can we get that clean so it can be excerpted without context? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how would you how would you make fun of Southeast Asians? Like, what would you what would you do for that one? Let's let's do let's. It'll be like um, I'm in Miami, bitch. But we'll do it for like, and you know how they do it for every city. We're gonna do this with you for every um, ethnicity. Uh, I have to go now. Um, I had a hard <laughs> out like, at <laughs> at this. Aaron's gonna go rent a car. You <laughs> 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 gotta go to the Hertz. Uh, that's a that's a callback to what will definitely be cut out. But okay, <laughs> that's a callback to Eric's off-screen uh, phone call. Some of these are just for you, you uh, guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Friend of the pod, Connell called while we were recording, so I'm gonna go help him out. Yeah, this match is whatever. Yeah, um, I I thought the the end of the match had some excitement to it. Um, the rock bottom and then the uh the aborted people's elbow onto triple h's face on the chair but nothing well like uh, what i was gonna say is uh it's like they it's like they're like you know what 
we can really start going, you know, we can really start letting it out once we end this match. Let's just end this match and then we can do the fun stuff of the match. I'm like, what is this? Is this like, do, like, you know, we have to eat our vegetables before we get dessert? It was a weird choice to be like, have a second disqualifier because of hitting the ref in a whole in a pay-per-view, which is annoying in itself. But then to have all the fun stuff with like the chair shot and the the people's elbow, all of that stuff. I mean, made no sense to me. And then having the rock slap Earl Hebner after Triple yeah. H had already done it. I don't know. Yeah, why? What what was the justification? I don't know. I guess hurt people hurt people. Also, what was Jerry Lawler's fear with the electric fan? When he's like, Rock, that's an electric fan. I was like, okay, is it plugged in? Is it, what are you afraid is going to happen? They're all so wet, Eric. We don't want to introduce electricity into this situation. <laughs> all these wrestlers are soaking wet. Fucking weird. Should we go to the last match? Yes, please. Okay. By all means. Connell's waiting. It hurts. And so rounding out the night, um, we had Stone Cold versus The Undertaker. Shane McMahon, special guest referee. Will Vince McMahon. I mean, Vince McMahon has been hauled off by an ambulance. And if we want to know one thing about ambulances, they only go one way. They don't come back. Patterson. It's like uh, ambul- ambulances are the uh, Hotel California of cars. <laughs> yeah. Now, we all kind of agree that this match sucks, right? Yeah. And we're like, obviously, given the circumstance, we're like, well, this match sucks. But I mm-hmm. do want to yes. say something that I think this match would be dog shit even if nothing happened, even if it was like a normal night. Uh-huh. You know, I just feel like there's so many shenanigans. And again, we're in that uh, phase of the, of Austin's career where all he does is like brawl outside for like 80% of the match. And then there's like a bunch of stone cold stunners and it's over. Uh, so yes. I really hated watching this. And also so many fucking referees. It was like a footlocker staff meeting. I just like, couldn't keep up with everybody coming in at, we're having two referees at once. And there's like four of one of them. It's just like, uh, I hate it. I just, this was a real, I definitely feel like during this match, I found myself like getting up from the, like laying the TV play while I got up and like cleaned off a desk. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I gotta do something to stimulate my mind. I didn't even like I didn't even like the way the Taker was wrestling. I thought I thought his wrestling was like if it maybe not I don't know maybe it's not necessarily the wrestling itself, but just like what the story of his wrestling. Like I I was just like man, uh, apparently he's like extremely uh, vulnerable to Austin's style. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. We've seen these guys wrestle each other before, and I feel like it played differently. We're just at this point where these this is an Austin match now, and so like I'm officially bored with Austin. And I guess like I was I, I I experienced this once before, but when we restarted watching all the Austin stuff, I got to like see it again for the first time through fresh eyes because it's been so long. But now I'm like, oh, now I remember why I got like tired of Stone Cold Steve Austin because it got to like this phase that was just like these forever long brawls where like the rules are suspended for half the match, even though they're going to be very important later for some kind of screwy finish. And it's like, everything just feels like a waste. And like, you know, you're just gearing up for him to stun a bunch of like elderly people or women or, you know, like what, like uh first line <laughs> workers, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's very yeah, I weird. Know you, I know what you mean. You're not even, we're not even getting at this point. We're not getting good promos. We're not getting good matches. We're just, it's like, 
it's it's like the we're the spectacle is the spectacle. We're getting if that makes we're getting sense. good aura. Like we're getting like like yeah. the um the what Austin just kind of brings the energy that Austin brings to the arena. Yeah. As opposed to what he brings to the match itself. Yeah, like like back when there were restaurants, um there you know like it, it, this right now is like the the feeling of like when you go to like you know what this is like the, like Brooklyn Crab. It's like <laughs> the you don't exactly have like an amazing time when you're there. Like there's things that are like you like the the feeling of it, but like the food's not great. And like there's not like you know the prices aren't even that good either. It's just like but you're like no, no, no. This is good. I like this. But then you're like, well, what exactly do I like about it? And Take I, I don't that know. Brooklyn crab. <laughs> yeah. Eat shit. Take that Red Hook restaurant that's probably doing its best to claw to survive right now. Right. <laughs> Listen, I have nothing but disdain for you, <laughs> small business owner. And that's why I think it's good that Austin loses this match. Like, I, th- I think we definitely are starting to see that there are viable candidates in there to be the number one guy to hold on to this championship. And we've seen a couple of them tonight. Yeah. I mean, definitely at this point, The Rock has ascended. Triple H is stepping into his own finally. Even Bob Holly has a gimmick that's working. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Kane and X-Pac are over as hell. I mean, like, you look across this card, there's a bunch of stars. I mean, Billy and Road Dogg are spinning their wheels in that horrible match. Um and most of the, the corporate ministry are just like stooges. And then you have the actual stooges. Uh, but there is still, like you said, a lot of folks that are starting to really shine. Well, then they, they also, could you imagine if like, if, uh, if they had written it for Austin to win, could you imagine an Austin two minutes, th- two to five minutes celebratory win uh, yeah. the night that Owen Hart died, oh. like where he's just like chugging beers, they're throwing them. The, yeah. He's chugging beers. He's throwing it to like the, to the ref. I mean, Austin had to lose I no mean, matter, even if it wasn't written, they changed it to be fair. That is how he ended the Owen Hart tribute show the next night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Literally doing <True>. that. <laughs> right. But we, everyone had a chance to, you know, pardon Process, the pun. Yeah. Sober up a little bit. Yeah. You know, it was a somber thing. So even the stained glass, I was like the stained glass, like they, like they, it was just like every, they constantly went back to the, the, the well of what works for me and none of it worked. Like, you know, usually breaking glass on a person's head. I usually love it, mm-hmm. but, uh, I don't know. First of all, why was all that stained glass hanging there? That's what a terrible place to put a hanging pane of glass. <laughs> I literally have a note that just says dog shit. That's my <laughs> literally written down. Uh, so in the end, Vince heroically makes his way to the ring to try to do the count for Austin. Shane pulls Vince out. Um, Shane then pushes Vince into Austin and then Taker rolls up. Shane does the fast count and Undertaker is the winner. Boo. Yeah. I, yeah. Whatever. And again, I it was it was a night where nothing should have succeeded, so any successes, I guess, are um are bigger. I don't know. I mean I'm the only thing looking- I would call is ex- Literally, the first two matches are the ones I would even, that I think, even sniff at success. Uh huh. 
And I don't know if that's because of that or also or in spite of it, like mm-hmm. it, of what's happening. But um, it's hard to say. But I don't know any other contest on here that even came close to being worth continuing the show in the face of this tragedy. Right. Well, I'm very much looking forward to uh, getting into some more fun territory as we go forward. Uh, but before then, for years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own verse of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. Um, I'll go first. So uh, I'm going to give, uh, you know, in the spirit of Val Venus's promo in the ring, uh, you know, he referred, he said, uh, Kansas city or Kansas is the show me state, but then they said, well, Missouri is the show me state. So, uh, I'm going to call, I'm going to call this the don't show me slammy, uh, for Kansas, the don't show me state, uh, just so many reasons why this pay-per-view should never have been, <laughs> should not air. And I, and I, I wish I could like, you know, memory stick it from my, from my brain, um and you know aaron called out a few of them i mean obviously the owen part and the fact that everyone wrestled afterwards but also the giant confederate flag Mm. the the holocaust uh yeah just take this from my brain i don't need this one my slammy is for both eric silver and jerry lawler oh no um it was originally called the Live and Let Die Award, but then I realized, oh my God. But Eric and I went to go see Paul McCartney at the Barclays Center back when you could do those kind of things. And the pyrotechnics during the song Live and Let Die made Eric jump out of his seat the same way that Jerry Lawler did during the Kane pyrotechnics earlier in the night. You st- you've told this story Have before. I told this story on uh, the- you <laughs> before? How much how much mileage can you get out of this story? Well, now it's officially podcast? recognized. Now okay. you've been officially recognized with a an award. <laughs> um, does does it still count then? <laughs> I think it counts. Okay. Listen, those those booms are loud. <laughs> They're so like I don't get it with with Jerry because like he had the script, he knew when it was gonna come. Uh, fine. Then I'll also give the um, the one more pass award to the um, the sign during the uh, the hardcore collie Al Snow match that said Pierre, we miss you, dear. And I mean, yeah. it should have been Pierre, we miss you, D E E R L Y, dearly, right? Yeah. Like it's a great That's English. No, I thought it was more like we miss you, like we miss you, comma dear. I, don't, well, not, I mean, again, these guys probably tried right viscera, <laughs> and I'm gonna give my slimy also related to the the hardcore Holly Al Snow match to a that kid's hardcore uh, slammy to a kid in the audience when they're fighting outside in the corner. This little fucking kid, he's got to be like seven years old, balls up his little stupid fist and whacks hardcore Holly in the back, <laughs> and then yes. a security guard of like down the end of the row who looks just like Napoleon Dynamite's brother yells at the kid, and then is staring yep. at that kid, giving him a face like, don't you fucking hit him again, don't you fucking do it again, the entire time they're over there, and it was truly one of the most, it, it was honestly the second or third most engaging confrontation of the entire evening. <laughs> oh, man. 
I, 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 I saw that twice and I was like, this is great. I love it. Like, don't you do this. Don't you. That guy's I'm watching you. face with his fucking, like, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer glasses or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like has, it looks like Napoleon Dynamite's older brother. It, or it is so funny to me. And he's like, don't you get making faces like, like a Kristen Wiig character would make like, don't you fucking do it. Like really exaggerated. I, I, it was so fun for me. That was thrilling. I, so did you call her Chris, Kristen Wiig? Yeah, is that not right? Is it what is it? Wig? What am I? It's Kristen Wig. It's 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 wig. It's not like it's not like a Wii, like a Nintendo Wii and a G. It's just wig. Yeah, I like I like my way. <laughs> wig. Yes, wig. <laughs> it's it's a me, Kristen Wig. Well, going Look, you know going back and watching that confrontation would be literally the only thing that would get me to watch this pay per view ever again. Here, here. I, 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 I am very much so looking forward to putting this paper, the this entire chunk of 1999 behind us. Love us? Disagree? Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at hellinacellpod. Or tweet at us individually, Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam and our artist by Alexis Yavni. Find links to both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back in with another episode next week and join us in two weeks for King of the Ring 1999.